Good morning and welcome to Jew in the City Speaks with your host, Allison Josephs, also known as Jew in the City. We like to track what's happening on the calendar or on current events here at Jew in the City. And this is Black History Month. And the thing about being a Jew is that there is no one race or ethnicity connected to being Jewish. Um, something we talk a lot about that I think so much of the world doesn't understand is that uh, the Jewish people are a nation. Um, we're a nation that uh, was you know, founded out of our homeland in Israel, in the Levant. Um, and through exile, we got dispersed throughout the world. And what ended up happening is that you know, we took on a bunch of different cultures and ethnicities in 2000 years of exile. Um, and you know, for Black History Month, there are a lot of stories of Black Jews and what that experience is like. Um, years ago, I met an Ethiopian woman on a trip that I was on, and she shared the story of how her family made uh, their way to Israel literally walking. Um, and I'm not someone that cries easily. And um, as she shared this really like harrowing tale, um, I was brought to tears. Um, I recently had the privilege of meeting Mazi Pilip. Um, she's a county legislator in Nassau County. Uh, we met at an anti-Semitism event um, at an end Jew hatred event. Um, and I saw that she was this proud uh, religious Jewish woman who uh, you know, was born in Ethiopia, made her way to Israel and now lives in the US. And I wanted to invite her on here today to tell her story. So Mazi, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. Thank you, Alison. Thank you for having me. Uh, sure, my pleasure. So. Um, I guess just uh, first off, like, you know, let us know, um, you know, where did, where were you born and raised? Um, when did you make your uh, trip to Israel? And what did life look like um, as an Ethiopian Jew growing up, um, you know, in your home country? Yeah, so um, I was born in Ethiopia. Um, it's a village. Um, it's called Ejersa. Um, uh, my parents were born. Uh, in the village north of Ethiopia, in the Gondar area, which is north of Ethiopia. Before I was born, they moved um, to this place called Ejersa because my my dad had a lot of responsibility to to his family, and he wanted uh, to start um, agriculture uh, business, um, farm work. Um, so in that village uh, or small town. Um, we we just had we didn't have a big uh, family. We were just us and uncle and uh, aunts and cousins living there. So because many most of them they were living in the village in North Ethiopia, and so we didn't really talk. They didn't. The, our family didn't really talk to us a lot about Ethiopia and uh, being Jews because they were afraid um, and they wanted to keep it very quiet. Just when I was about ten. I don't remember exactly, but when they really start to talk about um, Jerusalem, my grandmother used to tell me, you know, one day we will go to Jerusalem. What's uh, Jerusalem um, it looks like uh, and why we have to go to Jerusalem. Um, and she will pray with us, you know, that one day we will go there. So we start to hear about this more when when really the Israeli embassy in Addis Ababa opened and a lot of um, Ethiopian Jew was moving from the villages to the city to make Aliyah to come to Israel. Where was this? Say it again. What, what year was this taking place? Um, so I came to Israel in 1991. Uh, the embassy, I'm not about two years before 1991, we kind of moved to Addis uh, to be close to the Israeli embassy, where we really got to know more about uh, Israel, 
we got more information. We were getting a lot of help from the Israeli embassy. If it's uh, food, if it's uh, with money, if it's uh, giving us a just uh, education, celebrating a couple of holidays. So there we were finally was exposed to all about um, Jewish tradition in embassy for my family. But when we talk about Ethiopian Jew, you know, most of them they used to live in the villages in North Ethiopia, as I said, uh, in a big, uh, a big, is a big, is um, a big community. So they were practicing Judaism in most of the time, uh, freely. Um, sometimes not freely. It all depends on the village where you used to belong. Mm -hmm. And then at the age of twelve, during Operation Salomon in 1991, um, my family and I immigrated together with uh, 14,000 Ethiopian Jew in a 36 and uh, very secret operation that took place in the middle of the civil war. And they, they flew you to Israel? Yeah, with military jumbo jet. So I, the woman that I met that I referenced in the beginning, um, her family actually walked to Israel from Ethiopia. Is Are those any stories that you've come across? Uh, absolutely. My family, some of my family, came um, through that operation, Operation Moses. Um, uh, it was a hard journey, to be honest. Uh, until now, I cannot even believe how people blindly um, will leave their homes and walk to, um, to Sudan and months and months will suffer just because their dream to be in Jerusalem. The, the Jerusalem, they don't know. They never saw, weren't picture, nothing. But the Jerusalem that was the story of the Jerusalem that was passing generation to generation, uh, from generation to generation. And knowing that and walking, um, leaving Ethiopia to Sudan, walking for months with little food, with little children, and hoping that somebody will come to pick them up from Sudan, for me, is a different level of uh, Zionism. It's of love, love, a blind love to Israel and the connection to your people and your land. So when I happened to have met this woman, um, she asked why I don't live in Israel yet. And I started making excuses, the excuses that you know Jews outside of Israel make, um, how it's hard to get there. And she said, do you wanna know what hard is? And she started to describe this journey during which her mother was actually killed. Um, so that it really touched me very deeply. Um, and I think the connection um, and that longing uh, that's so beautiful. What about, there's a little bit of a controversial issue in terms of like, who is a Jew, who's not a Jew? Like, how was that determined by, um, I guess, the rabbinate or how did that work? And were you a kind of privy at all to that information about as Jews were emigrating to Israel from Ethiopia? How um, that was a big uh, question. A lot of debates um, took place about that questions, but uh, gladly um, in the 70s, uh, Chief Rabbanut um, uh, Chief Rabbi Vadia uh, Yosef, you know, Zichon um, Lavracha, that's all always remember for good. He is the one who really took the leadership and said, no, we cannot judge them how they were practicing Judaism. These people belong to us, to our nation. They are the lost of tribe, tribe of Dan, and we have to save them and bring them home as soon as possible. Beautiful. Yeah. So Tell us a little bit about um, what life was like transitioning to Israel. So, you know, no Hebrew. Um, I imagine that Israeli uh, culture and just even the dynamics of moving from Ethiopia to a more modern country like Israel was probably pretty shocking. So um, 
how did that look in terms of catching up uh, in school, socially? Uh, where did your family move? Yeah. So, you know, at the beginning, there's a lot of excitement. You come into the dreamland, the promised land, the, the land you heard about this from your, in my case, from my grandma. Um, and then the Operation Solomon, as I said, was was just the day that we wake up in the morning and a few hours later, we find ourselves in Israel. I remember when I'm, I was, you know, on the plane, I was looking down, I, I saw like beautiful, full of light of country. Um, so there's a lot of excitement, you know, you are finally, you make, you're making it uh, home. Uh, and then at the same time, you know, there's a lot of confusion as well, because uh, now you're moving from third world country to very modern, advanced country. Uh, as you said, no Hebrew, you don't know the culture. A lot of times you will be the only um, person with that color like me. You know, like in my class, I think I was the only um, Ethiopian um, person in that class. So, you know, there's you know, not always, always smooth. Um, but for me, uh, since again, a dream was to be in Israel, um, I was very happy and many of my people as well. Um, it was hard, very challenging. Um, a lot of them, you know, a lot of them even didn't know how to write and read in their own language. Now to learn Hebrew at the age of 12, 14, 16, it is challenging. But I have to give credit for Israel um, because, you know, Israel really planned it well, as much as the country could do um, to help us to integrate into Israeli society better. They realized compared to Russian Aliyah, immigrants, we are different. The Russians came very, very educated and we came really with little education. So we got a lot of help throughout the years. You know, like for example, um, when I did my degree, uh, my first degree and master degree, uh, the Israeli government paid uh, the tuition, paid us full, full, not just for, for any Ethiopian immigrant. Because the Israeli realized the only way you can have to integrate this society these people is by really giving them the education. The education was the key to close the gap, to feel you are part of the society. Mm -hmm. um, so even before that, when I served in the Israeli army, it's a moment I felt very proud uh, and a moment I felt also, wow, I am just like everybody else here. I am with the same uniform here. A moment I felt, yeah, I'm giving back to the country that gave so much for me. Um, so, so, you know, if you think about this positively and you appreciate what you have, um, you're able to um, face any challenge. Um, for me, as I said, it was clear that I have, you know, I got a great opportunity in a beautiful country full of help. So I took every help that was possible to help me to become the person I am. Beautiful. What about your Jewish journey? You mentioned the Soviet um, immigration. I think maybe what uh, Soviet Jews and Ethiopian Jews had in common was um, not as much freedom to fully practice Judaism in the country that you came from. Um, I don't know if it was any better or any worse. What, as, as an observant Jewish woman today, what did that journey look like for you to be raised with not much Judaism due to, you know, fear of persecution as a Jew in Ethiopia uh, versus, you know, being a Jew in Israel. Oh, it's a big difference. Now you're in a place, you can be very proud. You can walk very proud. You can practice Judaism without even, you know, questioning yourself. 
um, it's a great, it's a great um, feelings, you know, nobody can call you, you know, in Ethiopia, they will call you like, oh, you, this land doesn't belong to you. Not everybody. Some people will say that, you know, so you finally, you feel like, oh, you are now in your land, the mm. land of the Jewish people. So it feels good. What about traditions? Are there any specific like um, minhagim or like traditions uh, specifically that were, I know one thing that I heard was that Ethiopia, maybe also Indian Jews didn't get Purim and Hanukkah because the community had left before those things had happened. Are there any specific traditions that are connected to Ethiopian Jewish tradition? Yeah, so you're right about Hanukkah and um, Purim because it happened after the story didn't come to us. So the Ethiopian Jew follow the 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 Orit. Orit is our Bible. Okay, yeah. whatever what's written, they practice Judaism based on what's written. No Torah bal pay. You know, nobody. There wasn't um, um, a lot of explanation behind it. Just whatever they were reading it. Uh, one things I know based on the story I was told, and I see it um, that the Ethiopian Jew used to. Um, celebrate is Sigd, as a very special Sigd. Now it's become a very national holiday in Israel. Uh, even non-Ethiopian ones will go to Jerusalem and celebrate it. That was a day that you fast, like Yom Kippur, but you fast, I think it's 50 days after Yom Kippur, if I'm not wrong, um, that you, you, you fast uh, and you pray that uh, one day you will be in Jerusalem. Now, the Ethiopian Jew, Jewish celebrating that in Jerusalem, every year uh, in the mountains. So that was very unique to us. Beautiful. Um, you know, what about, you know, you said that you have a lot of uh, gratitude for Israel in terms of, you know, bringing you in and acclimating you. Um, what about racism? Was that a big issue in terms of, I guess there's two parts of your life. There was your life as a Jew in Ethiopia and what you faced as being a Jew in a country of non-Jews. And then, you know, being um, a black woman in a country of not all, you know, black Jews. What were those experiences like in kind of I don't know if you felt like an outsider in the different places that you lived or if you felt more integrated. In Israel itself, I felt very much integrated. I felt, as I said, very proud. The army helped me a lot as well. As well. Um, getting my degrees helped me a lot. Um, listen, racism in general, nobody's perfect, okay? Um, every country you will feel, you know, when you are different, when you are minority, you will feel it. Um, so the same in Israel, but it wasn't systematic. I never felt like the government was trying to, you know, like do something because we are black. I think the opposite. I think the government helped us because we came from Ethiopia with so little. They help us to advance us to get, by giving us a lot of help, you know, even housing. I mean, my parents couldn't afford buying an apartment. The apartment they're living there is the apartment that the government helped them to buy it. Education, if I wasn't giving that scholarship, I would never, never can even dream, you know, about the higher education. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, so, but sometimes, you know, humans will say, people will say bad things. Yeah. This is the nature of human being, I guess, everywhere. And that's that unfortunate. If I heard it, yes, definitely. One time when I was dating my, my husband now, um, a woman, she's also, my husband is from Ukraine. And that woman, I think from Russia, she saw us at the library and she saw me with him. And as soon as I left the library, she called him and she said, are you, what she's, what you and her together? And she said, my girlfriend. So she said, oh my God, how are you doing that? How are you will date a black uh, woman? And then he was like shocked. 
because he grew up here. He couldn't believe that he heard it. And he told me later on. When he told me, I was a little bit upset. But then I said, you know what? Some, excuse me. Some, some people are just so, you know, so low. I'm not going to go low with her. So some people will say stupid things. Yeah. Um, but I was always trying to not to take nothing personal. It's interesting also because it's not like Jews were treated well in Ukraine, that Jews were looked down as like a, a lower class of people. So um, it always shocks me. And I know it obviously exists that, you know, Jews can be racist while they also experience uh, racism. But it's I feel like we've always been the perpetual other, always the stranger. Um, and so it's it's so upsetting when we then make, uh, you know, divisions within divisions. What about moving to the States? Um, what brought you here? Um, yeah. So I met my husband during um, uh, college. Um, so I never planned to move to the U.S. Really, I was happily living in Israel. Um, but I met him. He came to study medicine in Technion. I was studying occupational therapy in Haifa. They had joint project, um, joint program. So I will go to Technion to take a couple of classes. So I met him, a great guy. You know, we fall in love. Um, but he told me he's, he's there for like three years temporary. Um, and then, you know, but I wasn't sure I want to move because I already, I already like immigrated once and I felt like, wow, I did my high school. I served the Israeli army. Now I have my degree. Why I need even to bother again to go to another country? I was, you know, I was afraid, you know, so so after I finished my degree, you know, I came to just to see what New York is about, what United States is about. And I discovered a beautiful country, um, but I wasn't sure really if I want to move or not. And then he proposed, um, I, I came here and then I went back to Israel. And then when I came back, I think he proposed. And, um, you, know, I, you know, we knew each other for a long time by that time. So I decided, um, I guess to be brave enough to take another challenge, another country, another another culture, another language, and uh, since then I'm here, uh, happily married, uh, 17 years. Um, we're raising our seven children here wow. in Long Island, and uh, I'm lucky enough to not experience three cultures, three countries, and uh, you know, and to see this beautiful country, United States of America and raising my kids as well here. And, um, you know, we met at an event, End Jew Hatred. Um, so obviously anti-Semitism is on your mind. Um, what has been your experience being in America as a black woman, as a Jewish woman? Um, how does that compare to, you know, what you lived in Israel? Do you feel fully accepted in either community or kind of what, what does that dynamic uh, look like for you? I think I, I feel like I'm fully ex accepted every, there in Israel and also here. Um, but I have not going to lie to you. I did. I was a little bit shocked, you know, when anti-Semitism starts to rise and uh, when I see like people will generalize and so will say, oh, all the Jewish people are blame, blaming the Jewish people for everything. Um, that makes me really unhappy. And uh, especially if you are living in 2020, 2022, 2023, you don't want to hear um things like this. And when my sons told me, you know, he wants um, Star of David um, necklace um, from his grandparents from Israel, I wasn't sure if I want to give it to him. Um, because some people was attacked because they were wearing the yarmulke, you know. And I said, oh, I don't know if I want to give, I told him, yes, I will give it to you. But 
to, to be honest, deep in my heart, I said, I don't know, because what about somebody will attack him? It was also during the, the, the Israeli conflict with Gaza two years ago, about two, two, two and a half years ago. So, um, so I was very worried as a mother. And I said, hold on. If my son asking to put a necklace of Star of David, simple things mean something to him. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prevent it. If I'm prevented, preventing it from him, that means this is not good. That is really absolutely no good because um, I want to I I raise my kids comfortably in this country, proud Jew, and no one of them should be afraid to practice in Judaism, okay? And that for me was like a moment I said, you know what? I think I, start, I should be involved, take some leadership role, and um, talk about this, you know, talk about hate, talk about anti-Semitism, anti try to build bridges, to, mm -hmm. to try to also show Israel, because every time one is a, a beautiful Israel, because every time there is conflict in Gaza, and between Israel and Gaza, hey, here I go, everybody's coming out, and will say to blame Israel easily, without really knowing the fact, yeah. okay, and without really knowing what's Israel. So as a person who grew up in Israel, okay, um, I know Israel better than a lot of people who never saw, saw Israel, okay? When I was studying in Haifa University, I had three Arab friends. Two of them was Muslim, one was Christian. And we were great friends, okay? For three years. And they got a lot of opportunities like the way I received there. So mm -hmm. Israel is there to give equal opportunities for every citizen. That is not um, just to say it. That's fact. And I saw it. I experience it. Yes, nobody is perfect. But when you talk about Israel, I think you should learn, understand uh, Israel before you coming up with um, uh, statements that really can hurt um, us as a society and mm -hmm. create more division in this country. Yeah, I mean, Israel's framed a lot of times as like white European colonizers. So to have a woman exiled from Israel, you know, living her family living there in Africa for thousands of years, making the return and feeling like, you know, Jerusalem is your heritage and, you know, uh, to, to reclaim really changes the narrative in a, in a very positive way, um, in a much more accurate way than how it is often described. Um, you know, I think one of the things that came up in this uh, event that we met at is that, you know, anti-Semites, Jew haters come from every community. And in the New York area, you know, as a person in, involved in government, you know, I'm sure you're aware that there's a lot of tension now between the black community and the Jewish community. So do you have any thoughts about why that's happening or, you know, what we can do to build bridges between communities that, you know, are both historically marginalized, you know, have both gone through so much persecution? Why, why do you think it's, you know, at such an alarming level and what, what can we do to make it better? I think we have more in common with African-American uh, and the Jewish uh, nation here. And you said, you know, you, as you said, you know, we, 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 we talking about two society minority who work together for equal rights um, and really great the relationship back then. I think we can build it back mm -hmm. here and it's needed. It's very important for our kids, for the future of this country. Um, how we can build it by talking, by communicating, by having forums. You know, we teach, you know, about Israel, about Judaism. They can teach us about their, their story here and we can build something beautiful. There is not reason for us 
really to to stay against each other. There's great people, good people, you know, on both sides. Yeah. But there are some people, you know, they're just trying to create that problem. I think we should not allow this. There is so much in common, so much really to share. What's have you had any any specific anecdotes or stories you can share about meeting Black Americans that you know get to meet you as an Ethiopian Jew who emigrated to Israel? Is that have you gotten any feedback um, for people to be surprised to hear about your story or your journey or or how good you know the Jewish people um, in Israel were to you know a diverse set of, of Jewish people? I had a great experience with African Americans here. Um, you know, usually you don't you don't expect. Uh, black person to speak Hebrew. So when they're hearing Hebrew, so they were like, wow. And then they're always like happy to hear, you know, like to hear more. Um, so I really personally had a great relationship with the African-American um, uh, people here. And I also work on, with a nonprofit organization who was trying to build a bridge between African-American and the Jewish people and Israel. So when I was traveling around the US and meeting a lot of kids um, from different communities, it always was beautiful. We were, everybody accepted this, it was amazing. You know, it felt good. And uh, I think we should keep doing that more often. Well, um, it's wonderful to hear your story. You're such a, you know, a wonderful ambassador and beautiful ambassador for the Jewish people, for uh, religious Jews, for Israel. Um, and we wish you continued Hatzlacha because I think, um, you know, there is unfortunately growing division between, you know, different, uh, you know, sectors. And um, we certainly need to have more, uh, you know, open and honest conversation like this. So we wish you continued Hatzlacha. Thank you so much. As I said, we have a beautiful country. We have a great community. That's what's unique about the United States of America. You see the world here, living here. So bringing, really bringing everybody together and creating a good environment is something that we all should work together. So thank you for having me. Our pleasure. And thanks so much for listening. You can catch us same time, same place next week. Bye-bye. Take care.